Hi, I'm William Stone Greenhill, and I'm Cressina Jeffries. And I would like to announce that we have almost completed the first book of a new series. I'm partway through the second book of the new series. And it's very, very intriguing. We'll try to tell you a bit about it without giving too many spoilies, okay? So, William, tell me roughly, without giving away too much, what is it about? Okay. Well, the most basic answer I could possibly give is it's about a story of a sleepover that goes awry, if that makes sense. I see, I see. Basically, uh, do you know Tess's little sisters? I know of them. Ethos, Halloween, and Chakra. That's them. The main story is about Ethos. That yep. It's pretty cool. And it's when she's three-year-old during the events of Book 8. She learns to overcome some things, doesn't she? She does. Uh, what can we tell them? It's uh, definitely edge-of-your-seat reading. It is. It keeps you intrigued, and it's very creative. Right. It's so hard to tell them stuff about it without giving too much away. Okay. Should we give them the basic plot? Or maybe just tell them a little bit of what happened. How about we give them we give them a plot and then a maybe a little snippet just to get them hooked? Might be a good idea. Okay. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. Okay, so let's just start it. Okay, so set the uh, scene, William. Okay. So Ethos, Tessa's younger sister from the story, Tessa from the story of the series, not an interpreter, not an author, not anything yet, is just going on a classical human sleepover. And as long-time readers of the story of the series will know, Amethyst is a very, very, she tries to encourage her kids to be as human as possible if that makes sense yes and well she tries to give them a normal life but in a negative way most of the time right that's right anyway anyway tessa anyway tessa basically anyway well you the, the story of her sleepover goes wrong, is under attack, and Ethos flees with her life with a human boy. Is that enough of a description? I found some dramatic music to go with your story. Ooh, can we turn it up? So picture this. Is Yeah, not. I don't want to put it too loud, because then I won't be able to hear you. So. Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. Anyway, picture this. You're three-year-old. You're by the river. You're in a small suburb. 
and you're in mortal danger because all these whack jobs from your future are coming to kill you. That's basically what the first book is about. It's very intriguing, isn't it? I won't say much about the second book for now. Yes. But I will say it expands on Christ. Now, do you remember the story verse? The introduction of Snow and is in Book 8 of Storyverse. I do, yes. Anyway, basically they're a race of interpreters that live in the snow. Mm-hmm. And, well, there's great big tension between them and practitioners and they can actually pose a really big threat to them. They're on par, if not above this, like, if I had to pick who would win, an average practitioner or an average snow interpreter, I'd go with the average snow interpreter. Right? That's right. Because they are mega tough. They are really tough. Like, a little spoily, in book two, like, they can cast these illusions around themselves, and the snow interpreter creates, like, this massive illusion dinosaur around herself and he just rides on her. That's right. Cool, huh? The picture? I do. I hope our audience gets a picture too. It's very intriguing the way we've done this. Cool. Anyway, there's not that many three-year-old protagonists. No, there is not. There's definitely not. Oh, well... Another piece of lore that's revealed in this book is story those kids mature a lot faster. That they do. Like, uh, Tessa, and that it explains the reason they have to, because they're in danger a lot younger. That's true, yes. They need to defend themselves a lot earlier in life than certain other people do. Exactly. So, well, uh, they have to become... At the very least, more instinctive, more able to survive from a very young age. And this book illustrates that perfectly. That's right. Very keen to see how far this story will go. Sure, huh? Do you want to possibly read them a little snippet of your favourite chapter? Okay, I'll just have to find the right point. In the meantime, we'll keep talking, okay? No problems. Anyway, just a tiny thing. How did you come up with their names? Well, uh, I wanted to give them aspects of the mystical world. Oh, well, that's a good idea. It keeps them mythical themselves, which is amazing. Okay. Trying to find something that won't keep too much away. It keeps them quite mystical. Yeah. Well, we don't need to read a whole chapter. Just a little snippet would be fine. Yeah. Enough to get our reader, our listeners to read. Okay. Something odd. But I do promise you guys it's worth the read. It kind of is. And, well, Ethos is one of, is going to be, and, well, if you recall in book seven of Storyverse, Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, who is, spoiler alert, 
Tess's father is from the future and he Tess's father is from the future and he basically and well because he's from the future he the first thing he goes off on when he tells Tessa about this And while uh, this is from the second book, not the first one, but it might get you interested all the same, she replied, well, that's interesting. In 1770, in 1719, your kind built a story verse school on snow and tap for a sacred ground. We tried peace and all negotiations, but your kind wanted Canada, our native soil of origin. So we attacked your school. CSA, Canada Storyverse Academy. A few teachers are killed and a few students, but not all of them were practitioners. Some of them were our kind too. So your community got together and decided instead of abandoning the school, they would create a forest out of human magic. The white forest would not let anything inhuman come in. Her book is the essence of authors and interpreters makes them partially inhuman. They had to give their forest a weakness. They don't let anything at least half-human in origin, while keeping anything less than half-human out uh, anything less than half-human. So, tell us what you think of that in the comment section below. It's definitely a good snippet. That was a good choice. Good choice to read. Thank you. You're welcome. So what's your favourite bit that I've told you about? Oh, I do. I do love. Uh, oh, I don't want to give too much away. I like that last. I really enjoyed that that last chapter that I read, chapter fourteen. No, chapter thirteen. That was fourteen. It was fourteen. Uh, I'll read you that the title really of that chapter. A crash landing, and we find. Sorry, that's fourteen. No, okay, so it was chapter chapter thirteen. I really enjoyed reading. Chapter thirteen, return, return home. home. That was really intriguing. That was a bit. That was a bit extra down into the law. Into the law, yeah. That's and the backstory, the backstory of the yes. new main characters. Yeah. Well, it keeps all the. I like the way that it's like even with the new books, it keeps all the old books still in the new books. So that's like, what I was really trying to catch. That way, you don't forget, you know, in the beginning and where everything all started. Yeah, and. Uh, I won't give away too much, but Ethos in that chapter does kind of reminisce about her old home, the comic book store, before it blew up in the most mysterious way possible. That's right. The mysterious explosion. And uh, apparently the Elven heiress is part of a really big mystery about that particular story of her school. That's right. About this particular mystery. The very story... The very film company that we and Death and Snow tried to say, tried to help out during that very book, book six, The Haunted Script. Yep. So, who's your favourite character in it? Oh, so far? Um, just in this, the book that I'm we're reading now? Just or? in Ethos, Halloween, and Jeffrey in general. I'm definitely going to say Ethos because cool. I believe that she is very... I don't know the word, the word for it. She's very humble. 
but she's powerful. And the fact that, like, if she's young doesn't make her act childish. You know, it doesn't make sense. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense, okay, I good. think. But, oh. yes, she does act older. Well, it does make sense because the fact that even though she is three, technically, in her, the way that you said that they need to be mature and a lot faster, she's acting more of a of an older child, really, depending on her. Doesn't Probably really matter about how old. 10, 11, maybe. It doesn't really matter how old her body is. Her soul is older. Well, not older, but more mature. More yeah. developed would probably be a better yeah. word. Yeah, like, that was pretty good. So, well, I won't say much, but I will say this. As soon as Temperance learned that Anathus let Ethos go in on a sleep, get a have a sleepover, mm-hmm. basically she was just like, no, mm-hmm. I'm sending someone to get her. That's right. But she said it in a very temperancy way. Like, yep. uh, I'm going to be calm. <laughs> and I, we have landed on what hopefully is a final title. Mm. The Sisters of Story. Yes. Very dramatic and very just grab ya. Boom, huh? Yep, very boom. So Ethos, the story of Ethos is called The Sisters of Story. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ethos' the sisters are a bit more in book two. If that makes sense. There's a bit more of them in the second book, but that would be up for a while. Quite probably. That's right. Anyway, there's a lot of really good things in there. There is a lot. uh, I'm hoping I can get, but. Book one is finished. I just need to get all the editing done. I'm up to chapter 12 with the editing. Yeah, I can help with that if you would like. Cool. Thank and then you. we can get that on the site so people can read it. Awesome, right? But I think I'll have to get some Jasmine to go over it. Yeah, no problem. Jasmine is my mother and the editor-in-chief yep. of all my books. So She does a really great job too. She really does, yeah. Anyway, do you think Virgo should show up in Ethos's timeline? I mean, Winter already did, and Temperance wouldn't let him. Yeah. Well, Virgo would be more helpful to the Ethos than that, wouldn't she? Yeah, basically, all Flint was them was a spaceborne ship. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, spaceborne ships, the chosen time machine is the spaceborns, and one of their key characteristics is they can get into restricted areas. Like Hogwarts, go to space mm. ship, no problem. Yep. I'll actually give Liam a space ship in the future. Maybe. He'd just be crazy with it though, wouldn't he? Yeah. Right? But technically, he wouldn't need the space ship to enter Green Hill territory. No. But he'd just be crazy with it like he already is with the time travel he has. Can't enter stories, just uh, boom, I'm time traveling. Am I right? Anyway. Well. Anyway, well. Anyway, well. It's pretty cool. 
I must say. Mm -hmm. And while Ethos is definitely a dangerous foe to have. But would you agree? That's right. Even at that young age, she proves herself capable of thinking outside the box and defending herself. With only a veil fire cast, with only a quite sophisticated fire casting, these are the only things she knows on hand. Oh, okay. You want to say anything, Krasna? No, no, I'm okay. helpful. Happy to listen to you. And uh, there's this one really cool scene where she tries to use veil fire, but she can't because she's angry. Yeah, that's true. She has to get her emotions under control. Yep, that's going to be a big part of controlling your power. Because one part I can tell you is Ethos's power, at least, is controlled by emotion. Uh-huh. It's going to... Do you want to tell them about the scene with the... I think I've read that one. Okay, uh, I'll tell you about it. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I may or may have not skipped a chapter. <laughs> a few chapters. A few chapters. It's okay, though. It's okay. William here can fill everybody in. If okay, you'd like to. so adventure music, I must say. Adventure music? All right, let me just find some adventure music, shall we? Sorry, guys. I'm still learning this whole uh, music stuff. Cool. I'm going from YouTube because it works, and everybody can use YouTube because it's a... Uh, Incopyrightable. Adventure music. Anyway, it's really cool. Oh, this is an ad. Sorry, guys. Um, we're very sorry. <laughs> Even podcast makers can't get past ads. No, ads are not the funnest. But they are needed sometimes. Anyway, adventure music on. Does this sound like an adventure music? Well, that's sorry right. for adventure music. Yeah, that's a sad, sad adventure, adventure sound effect. I just want a sound effect. That's all I would like, please, guys. Okay, maybe I should just tell them. Yeah, good idea. That's a Monuments trailer. Uh, maybe don't play that. I'm going to research when I get home sound effects so we can do this better next time. Thank you. <laughs> So sorry, guys. That's uh, it. We'll just go without the so, music. Sorry, guys. So ahead. picture it. The dead of night. The main, ca- the main characters are on a boat, but the boat is sinking in the middle of the river. The northern is attacking from above, and this guy with power over time and gravity, apparently, is shot the harpoon directly through the hull, breaking it to tiny, making the boat sink. But, well, they're still submerged in water, and Ethos is just there, frozen in fear. And he recalls the harpoon, changes the position of his hand, and just to and rewinds the harpoon to Jeff before he deflects it into the hull. Mm. Right? Yes. 
trust me, this bit was a pain to edit too. And uh, he rewinds time, his feet in the water, and while Ethos is just shivering and standing there in the moonlight, in the storm, in the rush, and he deflects, restarts time, and deflects the harpoon that Ethos's friend, human friend, launched directly at her, but something starts to happen in the water. Brad Ethos is being running down and crying. Her fear pours into the water and it freezes faster than the harpoon fires. And then it's all frozen. The harpoon's still coming at her, but this guy who did that to kill her, mm-hmm. he is now just a block of ice. Oh, jeez. Hell of a way to die. Indeed. Is basically frozen. That would suck. That would suck. That would kill any regular human. Oh yes. If that makes sense. And well, he would have. He came very close to death in that moment. I was reading it. (laughs) It's very good though. It is. I reckon you listeners would really enjoy this story. Depending on who you are, if you're into really good fantasy, or even sci-fi for that matter, I'd recommend it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Anyway, it's actually got some pretty cool elements. It's got... And there's still more to come, too. It's got lots of action. It's got lots of danger. Mystery. Mystery, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you've read book six, should we go over what happens in book six? Yeah, sure. I think we have time. Right, yeah. We think that's how we and Jack in book six? Yeah, sure. Well, let's just say uh, Tessa's mum is having a party for... The fall of Abigail, because well, sure, who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't party? party. Yeah, and the entire world is celebrating. Hurrah! Abigail is vanquished. And well, basically, Tessa gets a woozy feeling and almost falls over. And William knows immediately what Tessa is feeling because she's a blind interpreter. She relies entirely on her interpreter senses, and he would know that feeling anywhere. Abigail Shakespeare. That's true. And this is already part of the book, so uh, don't you, so uh, this isn't secret. Do you want to take it from there? Um, sorry, you've lost me here. Okay, so uh, Ethan- sorry about that, guys. Anyway, Ethos, Halloween, and Chakra, they're moving up the steps, right? Yep. They're moving up the steps and they're creeping and sneaking and just basically trying to, basically Tessa and William, they go to the steps and William trying to, William really wants to get away from the loud music, right? Yep. And well, basically, Tessa 
she she won she winds up in mid back she and she winds up Todd is guarding the steps of that basement he's like none shall pass <laughs> then he sees how Tess is feeling and she nearly passes out again and is like Abigail and Jesse goes and something worse oh which is saying a lot because Abigail was pretty bad like, pretty bad yeah, yeah. It took an entire squad of Storyverse teens to take her out the first time. Yeah. Really, really powered up, amped up people. If that makes sense. And well, how could you, how could they possibly hope to take an out? And well, they got the steps and Todd and Ted and Todd and William and Tessa are creeping up the stairs and and they go to the door and they see Abigail with someone else, someone they've never met before. Mm. And Abigail is a ghost and she says, Arisette, quickly, do it now. And well, freakiness aside, Arisette basically just, and well, Everyone just stops, and it looks like they're about to try something. And well, then the Tess's childhood home just goes kaboom. If that makes sense, it all erupts in fire as worlds collide, and Tessa. Oh, and well, Tessa. If you crop it, it'll be easier. Yeah, sorry. Just working up a cover page for <laughs> Ethos Halloween and Chakra. No need to worry about that. Anyway, for the story, for the sisters of story. Anyway, it's a great title. Great title. Anyway, some unpleasantness. Hap- anyway, some really scary stuff happens. Some scary BS happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, the comic straw blows up and it's on everyone's lips. It's even enough to make Ethos Halloween and Chakra famous. Much time do we have left? Uh, I'll check. Still wanna talk over it? Sorry. Well? Anyway, oh. Ethos Halloween and Chakra. They're just left there standing in the bedroom that just got blown up. Yeah. And well at the end of the book, Blade's father, we've done a few podcasts about Blade. Yeah. He, has, he yes. and Blade has a pretty good dad despite being an ass white. Yeah. Well he's just trying to teach Blade life lessons. Yeah. That's all it is. And well Could do it a nicer way though. But, what do you mean? You know, instead of cutting him off and making him earn it, like you know, he could have done it a different way. No, I think way. that's one of the only ways he could have got through. Yeah, I suppose Blade is a bit spoiled, so they think that was really the only way, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. just like cut him off. I, yeah. 
Anyway, that's oh, sorry, right I'm, there, but uh, <laughs> anyway, he offers to make their old home into a museum to honor their specific branch of the Storm family. Yes. And I think that's a pretty good place to leave it for today. Did you agree? I do. Any um, final thoughts? No, that was a great podcast. Sorry about the music mishaps. I'll hopefully be better next time. <laughs> Thank you for trying. No worries. I'll try anyway, better. Anyway, uh... That's the mystery for Halloween and Shaka. And the last thing I'll say is in book eight, some peop- some snow interpreters are asking Tessa all about Ethos Halloween and Chakra. And uh, they're like, oh, who are they? How is it? Oh, I know all about the lore of Ethos Halloween and Chakra. And with that, I'll leave you.